Welcome to Celebrate Cultivate, a podcast about celebrating the good in life and cultivating more of what we want. I'm your host, Kayleen Seuss. My intention is to offer deep breaths, high vibes, and ideas for appreciating the magic in everyday life. Let's get to it. Hello, friends. I'm here with another interview in this series of conversations with people I admire and adore. We're talking about celebrating, cultivating, changing, creating, and the magic in everyday life. Today, I have with me my dear friend, Pei Sim. Pei and I first connected through Instagram like so many of the guests this season. I have a very clear memory of scrolling while waiting to board a plane, and we were DMing about food while Pei was waiting in line at the post office. We've had many conversations about food over the years. It's definitely one of our shared passions. I knew Pei way back when she was just about to open her small business, which is now thriving despite challenges they faced this year. I admire Pei's determined spirit and gentle heart. Anyone who knows her understands that Pei can probably figure out anything, and she might also be the queen of coziness. Pei is the founder of the Paper and Craft Pantry here in Austin, Texas. Her goal for this small business has always been simple. Provide retail guests with the very best independently designed stationery and paper goods and to host weekly creative workshops where their community can gather to learn from knowledgeable instructors. I taught a vision board workshop with Pay back in 2015, and I've taken countless workshops there since. Nowadays, I'm a huge fan of their limited release workshop kits, which you can do from the comfort of your own home. As an entrepreneur, Pay has had the opportunity to work alongside many other amazing small businesses and companies. Due to COVID-19, the Paper and Craft Pantry closed their doors in March and have taken everything online. They have an amazing holiday shop, custom stationery that I've been secretly coveting, and subscription boxes that are a paper and pen lover's dream. Pei is a mama to a darling baby girl who just turned one. She has two adorable dogs and a serious love for plants. Really, she has a greenhouse in her backyard, and the paper and craft pantry is like a little plant paradise. Pei's superpower is probably her ability to create, curate, and connect with her community. I'm so excited for this conversation. Let's get into it. Pei, welcome to Celebrate Cultivate. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I know that you have so much going on in your life and things look way different now than they did a year ago or even two years ago. So when it comes to work, do you have any rituals or rhythms that you cultivate to support you as a creative and an entrepreneur? So anyone who has emailed me in the past year, which is kind of crazy to think about, um, I have an auto response in my email that I actually decided to put up right before I had Penelope as like a way to let people know, Hey, your message was received and I'll get back to you soon. And I've kind of left it up this whole time. And I feel like setting that boundary of like letting people know, Hey, I did get your message. I'm not ignoring you. And I will get back to you when I can has been a really good way to like hold that space of not trying to constantly respond to people immediately. And I think it's a great way. I don't want to say train people, but to, um, like 
have people realize that when they email me or anything with the business, it's not going to be an immediate response because it's not like a call center or a customer service, um, I don't know, center where like all responses get responded within like minutes. So I think that's been a huge thing for me. Did it feel like this big step that you were taking? Because I feel like so many people were like, oh, there's no way that I could do that because, you know, email is so important. I mean, I have to get back to my customers or whatever. So did it feel like you had to be brave to do that? Or did did you just do it because you were going to be out? Um, I did it like mostly because I had to be out. But I think I was also getting to the point in business where I realized that the people that love our store knows that it's just me and some part-time help. Um, And I think it was like kind of getting to the point where I'm like, I'm really tired of feeling like I have to be checking my phone all the time and checking my email all the time and knowing that I wouldn't be able to, and I didn't want to, I wanted to prioritize Mm -hmm. like this new chapter in my life that I wanted to make as much space as possible. So starting that like shortly before she was born and kind of like letting people know like what to expect. And I think that kind of showed them that, you know, they are valuable to me, but I'm not going to email them if they email me at midnight, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think maybe that turned some people away because we didn't provide immediate assistance, but I think it gained a lot of maybe respect with other women who are moms or who just like understand that it's a person. And I think that also maybe in a weird way built a lot of loyalty around people knowing that they're supporting like a real person. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it brings the humanity to email when you're like, I'm just one person responding to these emails. And I think what you said is a really good point that it isn't just the message that you're extending to people who email you, but it's also a message you're sending to yourself of I'm not on the hook 24 seven to respond to these emails immediately. I have time and space to do them. Right. Is there anything else when it comes to like, because you design your own stationery, you're a super creative person. Are there things that you do to kind of help get you into that creative mode? Um, I mean, very honestly, I feel like the first year of any baby's life, it's like a huge learning curve of yeah. trying to figure out how to balance working. And especially this year um, of not having consistent help with the baby during the day. Um, mm-hmm. it's been challenging to work during the day. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, there are people that have been working from home. I don't want to say real jobs, but jobs that have the expectation of them being present for hours at a time with small children at home. Like that's insane because right now Penelope takes about two naps a day for maybe an hour, hour and a half. So you're like, okay, maybe I have three hours to work a day. That's not bad. But then you're forgetting that those three hours involve like you brushing your teeth or eating breakfast or like things that you need to do for your life, you know? Um, so Mm -hmm. creativity can be really hard, um, personally, because when I feel like I have time to do all of that is after she goes to bed. And honestly, by the end of the day, my brain is like running on empty and I just don't feel very creative. I just want to sit down and not do anything. So yeah, I think like specifically finding time to do something that is not related to work or the baby or any other responsibilities I have seems a little frivolous, but when I do those things, I do feel like I get like a second wind. So like, I know 
a lot of people have been in the store have seen <laughs> the plethora of plants in there. Sometimes people actually have thought we were a plant store, which is kind of funny. Um, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I have lots of plants in my house and also in a little greenhouse outside. So I think things like that, where it's like, it just brings me joy. It does not offer anything else. It's not like I'm making money off of having plants. Or, it's just something that makes me happy. And I think doing stuff like that and the simple act of, like just having your hands in dirt, it sounds really weird, but like it feels very grounding, literally. And mm-hmm. I think things like that have been helping me get my second win or like re-energizing me to where I can have some space to create. So other thing that we've done recently is um, I got some flower beds made and I'm trying my hand at outdoor flower gardening, which I've never done before. So again, like trying something new that I've never done before and just feeling excited about that. I think that just like fuels the creative side in the business. Yeah. I'm so impressed that you are continually into taking on things that are living creatures and beings in this time of like having so much of your bandwidth spread thin. I remember when you came over when Merritt was like 10 weeks old and you brought me a plant and I didn't have any other house plants. And I was like, oh, this is so nice. Thanks, Pay. And then you left and I was like, oh my gosh, she gave me something else I have to take care of. I don't know how to keep this thing alive. Like I'm trying so hard to keep a baby alive. And I'm proud to say that two and a half years later, my plant is thriving and you know, it, it did teach me a lesson of the, what you said that taking care of plants, taking care of something outside of myself and outside of my children does give me something back. And like being, like you said, in the dirt and being with plants really does have some sort of reviving effect. So thank you for teaching me that. You're welcome. And I'm glad you're now like converted into the plant life. (laughs) It totally was COVID that did that to me. It was really weird. Like I think the sill was just serving me so many ads on Instagram and I realized that the places that I spent so much time in that I really loved, like the commune, which is a co-working space here in Austin, had tons of plants. The South Congress Hotel, where I would go hang out in their lobby, they have some really great plants. And I was like, oh my gosh, all these places, like your shop, have amazing plants. And now I'm in my home 24-7 and there isn't there's just one plant. It was the one you gave me. And now I have a bunch because I just keep getting more. <laughs> well, and I was also going to tell you that I've actually been to the Sill, like their store in New York. And uh-huh. it is crazy because everything in New York is really tiny. And the amount of plants they fit into like the teeniest, tiniest amount of square footage is very impressive. So it makes me feel like you know, what you have at home or like what I have at home. It's like, it's not that bad because it's not like covering the walls and the floors and everything, but it's a really cool small business. So that's so awesome that you got plants from them. Yes. Yes. But if I could buy plants from you, I would. (laughs) I feel like you have a future. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, I can't like, I don't want to differentiate what is our plants in our store and what's for sale. And so I'm leaving that up to other businesses who have, really done a great job at becoming like the go-to online plant place that you can order plants from. 
I fully respect that. Cause like you said, it's something that gives you joy and we don't have to monetize everything that we're good at. We can just let some things be hobbies and let them be. Well, I think like that also like reminds me of like, you know, as a mom or as a business owner, there's so much you want to do, but realizing you can't do them all and just picking like the few things that either bring you joy or, you know, you can get the most out of. I think that's also really helpful because it's so hard. Sometimes I'm like, my to-do list is so long every day and I never get to do all of it. And I'm realizing like probably half of it, it's not super important that I don't even need to worry about it right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a lesson that I think you will continue to learn. I know I am, but since you're now entering kind of a new phase of motherhood where you have been in this season before, like you've gone through the holidays before with a baby, you'll have springtime and summer with a baby. It, it kind of changed my perception of time in that I realized like, I don't have to do everything this Christmas, all fingers crossed, like we're going to have another Christmas together next year. And so there's time to kind of build traditions and build expectations and allow ourselves space to take on new things um, without feeling this like so much pressure. And I think watching time pass through my children's eyes has really helped me see that in a different way. Right. I totally agree. And it's like over this past Halloween, I just like had a panic of like, oh my gosh, I really need to put her inside a pumpkin. And I realized that like <laughs> super late. Cause I was like, I don't want to do any of that. Like very cliche things. And I realized that like, I do want to, and now I'm like prepared to do, or at least plan for it. And that way, even if I don't decide to do it, I'm ready with whatever, because I could not find a pumpkin. <laughs> the week of Halloween and I did I've been like scoping or I was scoping out like our neighborhood because like all our neighbors have like pumpkins outside and I was like truly debating ringing their doorbell I'm like can I buy this pumpkin off of your front so anyways just goes back to like I know she'll probably never fit in a pumpkin again but there were other things we were able to do to have like something fun to remember her first Halloween Yes. Yes. And I mean, that's the thing too, is, um, you can't do everything. And I think with Pinterest and Instagram and all of this stuff now, it feels like anything is possible, but I mean, at the same time, like, yeah, you can't always get a pumpkin when you want to. And maybe your expectations of like time, like where I'm generally like one of those people that is like, very not into Halloween until the day before Halloween. And then I'm like, oh no, never mind. Now I want a costume. <laughs> and it's like with kids, that's like just not as feasible. And so I've learned to plan ahead a little bit more. And one of the things that I do for Christmas specifically is I write myself a letter when I'm taking down my Christmas tree and I put it in the box with all of my decorations for my tree. And that way the following year I get to read my notes of like, this is what went well. This is what you stressed about. If you want to get ahead of the game, like this is what you need to buy. And it really has been this like practice of remembering what was important in that time a year ago and then touching base with myself and being like, okay, yes, I do want to do that. I don't really care about that anymore. And it's this really interesting way to communicate with myself and remember like, oh, some things feel super stressful in the moment, but they really aren't a year removed. No, I love that. And I love that you're writing to yourself. So you're almost like setting your, your future self up for success. So that's amazing. Yeah. Like 
do yourself a favor, you know, like literally do yourself a favor, write yourself some notes. And the same thing you can do in your calendar, you know, like if you know now for next year, like I don't want to feel this stressed about Halloween, you can put it in your calendar like October 1st. (laughs) I felt like last year I should have bought a pumpkin earlier than I did, (laughs) you know, and then you'll see it and you'll laugh at yourself and you'll be like, oh yeah, okay. So it's not too early to buy a pumpkin on the third, you know? Right. (laughs) Yeah. I know it's like, it's just so silly how as all of a sudden, all of like the first things that she's going to experience feels very important. Although she probably does not care because she's a baby and doesn't know. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Like how much do you remember from your first year of life? Absolutely nothing. Not much. Yep. Right. (laughs) Well, when it comes to motherhood and your everyday life, are there any tiny, small things that you do to help you stay centered and connected to yourself? Um, I think a big thing is, it may seem, I don't know if this sounds bad, but kind of like lowering the expectation of what each day will look like and Mm -hmm. trying to just be really present when she's awake, basically. Um, There's nothing, I mean, I think it's also getting to the point where I can't do everything that needs to be done in our house or for her and kind of divvying up responsibilities between Evan and I. And so it's not just like my responsibility to feed her. It's not just my responsibility to do the laundry around the house or it's not just my responsibility to feed the dog. So it just helps to know that like, if something doesn't get done today, it can be get done. It can be done tomorrow or that I have someone else to kind of lend a hand and support in that way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, one of the things that I think as a new mom, you just, a lot of people feel this tremendous pressure to do it all. And it's like, you had a full life before this person came into it. And now you have all these other responsibilities. And so there really is this like letting go of like, what do I have to do? And what are things that just won't get done? And then what are things partner or somebody else can help with? So yeah, that's a a really good way to take care of yourself. And I was going to mention too, like one of the things that I think helped me a lot in the early days of like newborn and COVID, which was kind of crazy all at once, was yeah. Um, honestly, I think having the business was something that really helped me get through the days because when I was answering emails or when I was talking to the girls at the store about what's going on there, I felt like that was something I was good at, if that makes sense. So even though things at home were like crazy and I still didn't really know what to do with a baby, um, I felt like I had something that I was still good at. So in a weird way, even though there was a lot going on business-wise that in a lot of ways have taken away from my time at home because of COVID, I think the business kind of helped me during like the early days. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. It totally does. Because I think one of the things that motherhood can do to a lot of people is just really shift your identity and your sense of self. And it can be very ungrounding for a lot of people. And so to have something that like roots you, you're accountable to your customers, you're accountable to your staff, you're, you know, really trying to navigate this whole new world of taking your brick and mortar store online. Like, of course that kind of like snapped you into reality. And and like you said, made you feel like you were good at something when this whole other realm of your life 
everything was brand new and you don't get a lot of positive feedback from a newborn. No, not at <laughs> like all. Like they, they're not like, Hey mom, you're doing awesome. Keep at it. This crying, it means nothing. <laughs> you know, like they don't tell you that. For sure. I mean, I was looking um, back at photos of her and it really, I feel like it documented the, the day that it started feeling easier was like the day she could respond and like smile and not just like scream all the time. So definitely like the first, like maybe like five weeks were just like super horrible, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's the case for a lot of people. Well, I wanted to talk about 2020 because I know for you this year has been especially challenging because of, like we said, you had to navigate moving your brick and mortar business to all online. And I mean, there's just been a lot to kind of complain and suffer about, I guess. And I think as a collective, one of the things we haven't done as much this year is talk about the good things that have happened. And I think part of that is because a lot of people are fearful. They don't want to be disrespectful or insensitive in any way to all of the hardships and just tragedy that has happened this year. But I really want to acknowledge the existence of both, you know, there, there, there's both good and bad to what's happened this year. So I'm wondering with everything that you've been through this year, what's something that you want to celebrate about 2020? Oh my gosh. I love this question because I totally agree. There's like almost like in the beginning of COVID, it was difficult to decide how to like communicate and how to still sell stationary, which is something that's so not essential when there was a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff going on. And um, even now, honestly, knowing that so many small businesses have closed, not just physical spaces, but you know, people that had an online presence and all that stuff. Um, it's almost like survivor's guilt of wondering, like, what did I do differently that I'm still here? And like some businesses that I personally really loved have closed. Um, mm-hmm. So I think overall, like, I think there's like lots of things to be really super grateful for and things that I'm celebrating. And like you mentioned, we had taken our business online and before all of this, we were super focused on local in Austin. Um, And I had no idea that we had a wider audience and a wider community that didn't live in the state, didn't live in this country, which is super cool to know that people know of our store from all over the world. So I think by taking the business online, I never would have done it. I never would have had the time to do it had the store been open because we would have too much going on in the store. And so it was never a priority. And since we closed, we didn't have any work to do in the store. I was able to focus on the online aspect and getting everything online. So I think that was the big thing that I'm super excited about is knowing that our workshop kits can be shipped all over the world. Our subscription boxes can do the same thing. So like the, there's one woman in the Netherlands who subscribes to our subscription box. And I just think it's like the coolest thing ever because I'm like, that is so cool. You're so far away and you know our store, you're getting our boxes. So that's something that I think is huge for me is knowing that, you know, now whenever we do get to open and resume what we normally do, I'm still able to serve people and connect people and have people be a part of our community who are not physically able to come into our store. Um, And another thing that I'm really grateful for and also 
in the woo-woo universe sense of like really trusting that everything like kind of aligns in strange ways that you just don't understand um, is that the girls at the store have been incredible because a lot of times I can't be there. So it's a lot of me delegating to them. And I've told them before that when we closed in March, we all basically started new jobs because we had never done anything that we were doing now ever before. So for me, seeing them step up in ways that I never would have expected them to as part-time employees, and them taking the initiative to do things while I'm not there or not available, they feel just as invested in everything that we're doing at the store. And that's something that, I mean, I don't want to just say it's luck, but I also am not taking any credit for it because I could not have planned to have hired these women like almost two years ago, which is crazy. Some one girl has been with us for almost two years. The other two have been like over a year of like how that was like meant to be in a weird way, because I just don't absolutely, I was going to say, I don't think I could do this, but I definitely cannot do any of the things that I'm doing with the business without them because like my focus and my time is mostly spent at home right now. Um, And then the, not last thing, but one of the other things I wanted to point out was that the expansion of what we're offering. So before we closed, we were focused on our retail in-person. So people coming and shopping in the store and also our in-person workshops and events. And naturally all of that's halted um and like I've always had the idea for the subscription boxes I've toyed around the idea with workshop kits but again I was like I don't have time for that we're so focused on what we're doing in the store things are going really well in the store so having the time to actually do those things and some people have like asked like how did you do it so quickly and it comes down to like I personally feel like I don't ever have a shortage of ideas of things I want to do it's just I don't have the time to so I already had a lot of the ideas for the first few kits that we launched, the ideas for what I wanted the subscription boxes to look like. And weirdly, I actually already had a lot of the stuff. So it was like, I already had the boxes I was going to use. I already had like some of the supplies that I wanted to use for the kits ahead of time, because it was like a very slow and long process of like, someday I want to do this. So I'm going to slowly do it. But all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. not that I had all this time because I still had like a newborn, but I had kind of like a timeline of like, I need to do this. If I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. And this to me was like the time to just try it. Like literally have nothing to lose, you know? So I think 2020 has been awesome for a lot of reasons. Personally with watching a very cute little baby grow and experience new things. But from a business standpoint, I think it's just being able to grow our community all over the state, all over the country and across the world, our amazing team of women who, again, I just don't, I can't even explain how wonderful they are. And also being able to like take ideas that were just in my head or on a piece of paper and turn them into tangible things that we've been sending to people. Mm, That's so amazing, Pei. And I just love how, I mean, I can feel your appreciation and your celebration in your voice as you're kind of sharing all of that. And I think it's a really great example of 
stepping into the uncertainty and the unknown and kind of trusting the support system that you've built, not only through your staff and your community, but also within yourself and your ideas. Like you said, you kind of had like some of these kits already baked in your brain and it was just a matter of putting it into action. Is that a fair example of how your creative process usually works? Because you mentioned that you always have like ideas. So what does it take to go from idea to, to product or to something being out there for you? That's a really good question. I mean, like an, a good example, it's like I had an idea to do like a greeting card, trading card kind of series and the mindset mm-hmm. of there are a lot of small business owners and artists who have asked how they can support me. And I also want to know how I can support them beyond placing an order, especially early on where no one knew if their business was still going to be around, <laughs> you know, like next week or next month. Yeah. So the idea of the trading cards and the cards was a way that we could support each other because when you're a part of a series of cards, you would inadvertently, I felt like it was very organic to talk about another business. And especially when you gather nine businesses together, the day of the launch, it was just really cool to have everyone just excited and talking about their work. So the greeting card collection basically involved nine different artists who will create a design based loosely around a theme and a color palette. And the kind of trade, if you will, was that I printed all the cards here in Austin, which allowed me to get it printed at a local family print shop that I'm really happy to be continually supporting through this time um, and mailed them the cards. So the gist of it was that each card came with an artist trading card. So you would know more about the person who designed it. They were all business owners. So it linked to their Instagram. You would be able to find their website and it had artist stats on it. So, so you kind of got to know the artist. And the idea was that like, you would want to collect all the cards. So you would go to everyone's websites and get to know them and remember them the next time you need something. So we did two, we, we just had two collections so far. The next one will come out next spring. So I've been doing them quarterly because that seems more digestible than like monthly or something crazy. Yeah. So that idea was something I had, like, I can't remember. It was like probably at night. I make a lot of notes on my phone to like random things I want to do. And I remember texting a friend who is a stationary designer. Um, and I was like, yeah, I think I want to do this. Is this weird? Is this crazy? And we were talking through about like baseball cards, basically. And she was like, how do you know so much about baseball cards? And I was like, I don't. I've been Googling like what what a baseball cards look like. And the reason it was nine artists is because nine cards fit into like a traditional baseball trading card sleeve. So like, yeah, you know, like kind of like just a lot of Googling, a lot of like ideas about this. And the main thing with this was that like, I did not want this to be an ask to someone who would feel like it was just more work and a lot of pressure because like there's already a lot going on this year. I wanted this to be a fun project and at least to me and the people that I've talked to that are small business owners, a lot of times it's hard to create without trying to figure out if it's worth your time because you can monetize it, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. having this project where you were genuinely just creating to create um, was something that I thought was really important, especially now. And I was really intentional with who I'd emailed to ask if they were interested in it. And in the email was like very, very 
clear and like probably bold that I was like, if this at all feels like you're like, oh my gosh, this is more work. I can't do this. I don't want to do this. Like, please say no. Like, I don't want this to be something that adds any more stress to the year that is 2020 for a lot of people. So something like that, I think it didn't really take that much time. Um, I think the time that it took to bring it to life was mostly coordinating with nine people, like schedule wise and like their own life and stuff going on, getting the designs and promoting it at the same time. Um, But that was really it. Like something like this was mostly an idea. It was an idea that would encourage people to support each other and the people that were involved. It's not like someone who's never designed a card before. They're all stationary designers. So it's not like they have to learn anything Mm -hmm. new. So I think in that sense, that didn't take very long to like bring to life, but I definitely would say like anytime I have any idea, even if it's like something ridiculous or even if something I've never done for the business ever, I just write it down because I don't know. You never know when you're going to need it, like with the kits and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's definitely something that in past conversations through this series with other people in totally different spaces and businesses, other people have mentioned that too, the practice of writing down the ideas when you receive them and kind of holding them lightly, like not have, you don't have to act on every single idea that you get, but almost acknowledging like, Hey, that is a good idea. Um, and then just kind of seeing when, when they can be put to work, so to speak. Right. And I, I mean, it's like, I think if you don't write it down, we have so much going on that honestly, you'll just forget, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you, have you read the book, Big Magic by yeah. Elizabeth Gilbert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. That's I love like, it. Yeah. That's one of my favorite books. And I really, I think about that whenever I get an idea and sometimes I do like, let them go. Like sometimes I'm like, I can't write that down right now, but if you want to come back to me, <laughs> I'll be available if you come back. Um, well, speaking of magic, my next question is how does the magic in everyday life show up for you? I mean, I think specifically with being home and having a baby now, it's like, I always joke that like, she is very stingy with her laughs <laughs> because she's like, she's very serious and inquisitive. I mean, curious about different things, but to me, she like rarely laughs. And so sometimes like it may seem silly, but my like goal all day is like to get her to laugh because it's just adorable. And I don't know, that feels really magical to me because it's just crazy to think that she's never going to be this size again, this age again, like pretty much everything she does. I'm like, wow, like she'll never be like soon. She will not be crawling all around the house. Soon she'll be walking around the house. So I think it's like all these little things that feel very fleeting that feel also very magical because it's just such a short amount of time. And I know people have said that before and I listen, but I never quite comprehended. Um, when people said like, oh, they grow up so fast because when you're in the thick of it, you're like day to day, it feels like forever and it's never going to end. But now it's like, she's getting a little bit older. It's like, I don't know, just seeing her discover new things or her getting excited when she sees me come home. Like, I don't know. I feel like that may not, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, it totally does. I think there's so much magic in just witnessing 
new life take shape. And like you said, all of the discoveries that they make and being able to see it through your own experiences, but then also to just see that they're like completely new and everything they do, like you said, is totally new and you'll never get this moment again. And like, we know that intellectually. And like you said, people always told you that, but it's very different to experience it. And it's not something you can like hold on to every second of every day. Cause if you're in the thick of it and things are tough, like you're just doing what you can to survive. But when you are able to, to do that, it's magical. And I have to tell you, I had a very stingy laugher also. (laughs) And Owen was a very, he's still a very serious kid, but he was a very serious baby. Um, And that has, you know, evolved and changed and their personalities kind of blossom and bloom at different times. So I think you have lots of laughter ahead for you. I know, but I feel like, you know, in a way it's like when she does, it's like extra special because she's just, I mean, she's she's a very smiley baby, but she just doesn't really laugh. Like she will open mouth laugh. And I was like, could you just make a sound? Because it's adorable when you do it. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I know that you really wanted to make sure that we talked about shopping small and supporting local businesses, especially this time of year and especially this year. So I was curious as a last question, as a small business owner, what do your customers mean to you? Um, I'm trying to figure out how to word this because I feel like I won't be able to properly express how much they mean to not just me, but the girls at the store. And we haven't seen anyone in the store really since we closed. And I feel like whenever we get every order, they are more than like an order number. We don't refer to like order number 2097. Like we refer to that person's name um, and I feel like we try to show our love and gratitude for them and what we end up mailing them or having them pick up from our store, which I feel like can be a lofty challenge, um, especially in the beginning because we didn't really know what we were doing. But my goal with every order was not to get them out as fast as possible, but to try to recreate that same feeling that someone would get coming to our store where like it smells really nice, everything is in place, it, like just feels like a little bit of an oasis. How can we create that into a box or like a package? Um, so we don't ship out super fast because it takes time to add all of these little details. But I think that's something I'm not willing to compromise because to me that is like showing gratitude because we take our time to like, get each item, wrap each item, pack it really lovely and write a handwritten note. And to me, it's like, that's the way that we show how grateful we are for every order. Like it doesn't matter if it's a small order or a really huge order. Like I want that person to know how grateful we are because I understand like it's a strange year. A lot of people may have lost jobs or just in a financial situation that might be tougher than normal. But when people choose to shop with us, it's I think very intentional because 100% you could probably go online somewhere else and find something for that's comparable for a lot cheaper or someone who could deliver the next day or anything like that. And like, that's something that we can't do as a small business. So to me, like I know people are going out of their way to support the shop and I want to be able to show them how grateful I am for them. 
um, a lot of people, especially this year, have been buying stuff, but not for themselves. Um, they've been ordering stuff, but shipping it to a friend. And that's something that I think has been really amazing to see that in a time where everyone is like stressed out, a little worried, scared, concerned for basically the state of the world, um, that people are thinking of each other and their loved ones. So I don't know if that answers the question of like how grateful I am for them, but it's just like mind blowing to me that of all the places that people can spend their money and order goods from, they're choosing to come to our website to support us. So I don't think I can ever communicate how grateful I am for that because that is just, it blows my mind that I still have a business, honestly, because when we close in March, I was like, well, I have savings for like maybe two or three more months of rent. And then guess we'll be closing because I just had no idea how we were going to get everything online, if people would care. And I've told people this before, but I've always known that people liked the store, but I feel like COVID and this year and closing has made me realize how much people love the store. And even though it is just paper, we're not like offering anything that's life-giving, the fact that what we do brightens people's days, especially this year, has made me feel like just, again, I know it's paper, we're just shipping out, like, you know, imagine like a box of cards, like that's not really anything that's gonna like change the world. But knowing that that package or whatever they're receiving could be something that's like a bright spot in a very horrible week for whatever reason. So yeah, I think that I'm just really, really happy to still be here and still be able to support and serve our community in lots of different ways. Oh, hey, I love that. And yes, you are loved, your store is loved, your team is loved, and everything that you're putting out into the world is so, so good. Oh, well, friend, uh, let us know how everybody can find you and connect with you and shop your amazing goods. So our website is www.thepapercraftpantry.com. So we're online and open 24-7. And we're on Instagram as well if you want some, like, store updates. And, like, I try to do stories of, like, when we get some new stuff in. And that's at the Paper Craft Pantry. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. I think one of the things that I wanted to mention is that just not just with my business being a small business, but just any small business you're choosing to support this holiday season I can go ahead and say that everyone's going to be super grateful when they see your order come in, but also to be really mindful of going ahead and ordering earlier than you would normally do for Christmas um, because of just, we're just going to expect lots of delays and just kind of being prepared for that. So I think it's best to just go ahead and do your Christmas shopping as early as possible, as early as like makes sense for you. But knowing that, especially if you're going to be ordering from a small business, they might be backed up with orders. They might have a limited amount of people who could come in to help out to ship orders. So just kind of considering that. Yes. It's just like the great pumpkin shortage of 2020. <laughs> if you can get ahead of the game, it will be less stress for you and in support of whoever you're shopping with. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much again, Pay, for being here. And friends, thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. 
Visit KayleenElise.com for links and notes from today's episode. Connect with me on Instagram. I'm at KayleenElise. Please share this pod with anyone who could use a little extra magic in their everyday life. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll talk to you then.